All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Is is Matt Kachuk becoming likable? <laughs> Let's discuss with the lead. I'll be honest, Liam. Matt Kachuk's got some pretty good vibes going. Didn't think I'd be saying that a year ago today. Yeah, didn't think I'd be cheering for him to win the Stanley Cup at this time of year, but... It's a crazy world we live in, Tyler. Crazy, crazy world. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet studio. You can find them online, sportscloset.ca. We are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where Parallax has the first comment of the day. Bukestad and Costin tied Kane and Hyman in playoff goals and tripled Nuge. If the core shows up next playoffs, no reason why we shouldn't still be playing hockey this time next year. I love the optimism. Love it. It also really sums up. What went wrong? But we've talked about that enough. We've 100% dissected why the Oilers lost to the Vegas Golden Knights enough on the show. Either way, we'll talk about Clem Costin a little bit later on on today's show. Uh, Liam, Panthers sweep their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I had them winning the series. I had them winning the series in seven, though. Mm -hmm. I had Dallas winning their series in seven. Still has a chance. Yep. But anyways, uh, last night's game, I mean, it's I on DFO Live today, I called it, it's the Chucky and Bob show, man. Like, those two seem to be just carrying this team. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's Bobrovsky's save percentage? Outrageous. Like, it feels like he's earned his entire 966 in the Eastern Conference Final. That seems pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, he's earned his entire contract in his playoff run. And Matthew Kachuk, like... Did you not just feel like there was going to be a moment in that game? Like when they went on that power play, it just felt like something was going to happen. Like they had so many chances and obviously 
Matthew Kachuk's the ones that finishes it off and the Sally. He is king of celebrations. I yeah. love the ones he's done so far and like all the rats get thrown on the ice. I think it's just like the most, it's a cinematic moment. He fits in perfectly, perfectly. Too, right? Like that's a guy who's exactly what that fan base kind of needed slash wanted. I don't know. The rats being on the ice is a great tie in three game winners in this series. I believe. Yes. Three unbelievable stuff from, from Mac Chuck and the Florida Panthers since the NHL shifted to this format with the wildcard teams. I think they're the first wildcard team to go this far. Cause I think the last, Eighth seed to win the Stanley Cup was yeah. the Kings, right? Yes. Yes. And then before that, the last eighth team. Or was to- it the Blues? No, the Blues were like seventh or sixth, okay. I think. Before that, though, here's a trivia question. I believe this is right. Who is the first eighth seed to ever make it to a, a Stanley Cup final? So after the NHL went to it. This is, might be wrong. <laughs> is it also Florida? It's the Edmonton Oilers. Wasn't it 2006? Weren't they the first eighth seed to ever go to the, conf- to the Stanley Cup finals? Someone let me know. I think someone that's a fact, fact check that. Someone fact check that. We have no idea if it's right. <laughs> I think we think it good. might be. Tyler Mulek probably knows. Ah, there you go. What? Um, speaking of Tyler Mulek, he left his comment. Goalie interference or no? I think yes. no. I think yes. You think so? His stick pushed his pad and pushed him in that direction and he couldn't make the save. I, I think it was goalie interference. I think, so Anderson made the initial contact outside the crease, which I guess isn't really involved in it. And then... Bennett puts his stick down and yes, it kind of goes between his legs, but then whoever the defenseman is kind of like locks him in there a little bit. So I wonder if that was really, if yeah, he got why. himself into there. Yeah. But then he had no option to get out because the defenseman mm. wouldn't allow him to get out. It's interesting. I, I was a little bit surprised. They, they call it back, but they didn't call it back, but NHL wants goals. And that was, a, imagine taking yeah. away that moment. Did you uh, catch after the game, the NHL did their like releasing the explanation on the goal and Elliot Friedman tweeted it. And this was the NHL's official uh, reasoning on it. Explanation. Again, I'm reading this word for word from the NHL's official release. Explanation. Video review confirmed no goaltender interference infractions occurred prior to the Matthew Kachuk goal. That's hardly an explanation. (laughs) All right. That's just the facts. Yeah. There is no like, here's why it's not goalie interference, even though the player had his stick in the crease or anything, which I think is so weird. Like you go to the NBA, right? And they have the two minute thing Mm -hmm. and like the calls get explained. Yeah. They stand there and tell you what it was. And even in the NFL too, right? Yeah. They literally stand there and be like, holding this guy, whatever. It's a little bit more complicated to explain it more, but like it would be nice for the NHL to come out and do that. And actually in, in soccer, so they just brought in this VAR last couple of years, right? Yeah. So they recently released these videos of what the communication actually sounds like. So the referee, the assistant referee, and the VAR referee are literally all in each other's ears talking about what happened. And a lot of fans are like, okay, so that's how it works. And it like yeah. brings a bit of like real life to the situation, not just the ref looking at an iPad being like, oh, I don't know. Like there actually is conversations, but a real explanation would be excellent in this. Yeah. Tyler Mulek, by the way, Liam is in, he's our boy. 2006 Oilers were the first eight seed to make the cup. Kings were the first to win it in 2012. He goes on to add 94 seven seed Canucks made it lost in the final 99 seven seed Sabres lost in the final. Oh, three, seven seed ducks lost in the final. I actually think the 2012 Stanley cup, that was when the the Kings won, right? Was the lowest seeded Stanley cup final ever. Because the right. Devils were like six or seven. I think that's also a fact. Could also be wrong. But the Devils were not a high seed. 
I know that one for sure. So like we've kind of been making the easy jokes about how we're not that interested in these playoffs and all of that. <laughs> I honestly, again, it sounds weird to be saying this. Matt Kachuk is almost single-handedly making me interested in these playoffs. I, I, I'll be completely honest. I have not watched the Vegas and Dallas series. I'm sorry. I watched a bit of game one because I was just at the bar and it was on, but I haven't gone out of my way to do it. I have gone out of my way to put the Carolina and Florida series on because frankly, Matthew Kachuk has, has been incredible to watch. And the Florida team in general are just very, very fun. They are a team of, of rats yeah. who are just are like the hit Sam Bennett had last night too. Like Calgary must be sitting there being like, what have we done? And I know Sam <laughs> Bennett like wasn't working when he was there, but like, you're like watching it. He's like, okay, well, Sam Bennett's in front. He's laying out massive hits on the best defenseman. Then Matthew Kachuk has three overtime goals. And also the fact is Bill Zito went out and got Brandon Montour for like, what was it? A third round pick of the yeah, deadline last crazy. year because Aaron Eckblad was hurt. Like the way this team has been formed. And I know it's easier to say now. And if Chicago had just won that game, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs, but this is a real team. And we should have probably expected this a little bit more. Devils were the sixth seed. Okay. Yeah. That's settled. Yeah. We got that settled. Also, Chicago loses that game to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets in over Florida and Columbus wins the draft lottery. Uh, yeah. A crazy. Di- different universe that all happened. Crazy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's push the playoff talk off to the side. Uh, tonight, Dallas has a chance to uh, wrap or sorry. Dallas is looking to keep their season alive. We'll touch on that a little bit later with uh, our Betway bets. Uh, but let's get into our Sherwood Ford giant offseason question for the day shout out to Sherwood Ford the giant yesterday Liam we focused on the top 50 free agents according to Frank Saravalli's list we ran through them all all 50 names mm-hmm. talked about who could potentially be a fit for this team now I want to switch gears a little and dig a layer deeper who are some players not on Frank's list that you think the Oilers should target I'll start with the most obvious one I was actually a little surprised he didn't at least make an appearance on Frank's list, although I know there are rumblings. He might take the year off. He might retire, things like that. Jonathan Taves would fascinate me. Mm -hmm. This is a guy, again, the health major red flag. And I'm not even saying that to be like as a shot at him. It's concerning. Yeah. He's had a great career and now he's battled some significant health issues the past couple of seasons. If he is ready to go, though, if he says, I got one more year in the tank, that's a guy who in 53 games scored 15 goals and 16 assists last year. That's like a 20-some goal pace, 23-goal pace, something like that. We were talking about last season how it was a bit of a turnaround year for him. Yeah. And then he got sick, or he he the health wasn't there. He's made $120 million, I think, over the course of his career in, in earnings, not mm-hmm. in all, all in just earnings, not endorsements or anything like that is what I'm trying to say. He's a guy who will not be looking for a payday. There's no way. He's not going to be sitting there going, I need at least three mil if I'm going to play next year. Mm -hmm. If he's doing it, it's because A, maybe there's a part of him that goes, I want to see what life is like in another organization. Why not? Mm -hmm. And there's a part of him that want to win. A Canadian boy, Western Canadian boy from Manitoba, Winnipeg. Okay, you can say, oh, he's going to sign in with his hometown Jets. Why? They're trash. Stay in Western Canada, have a chance to win a cup, sign for a million bucks, play with Connor and Leon. Why not come? Play in a Canadian market. I think Jonathan Taves would still be a really interesting fit and he might be cheaper than a guy like Nick Bukestad. It should be. Yeah, he probably would be a little bit cheaper than what Bukestad's get. And really, you, you're almost getting the same amount of output, right? Yeah. Or maybe even a little bit more. A guy who is you can play on the power play a little bit too if you really need him to. They shouldn't. But 
you know what? If he's like a third, fourth line center for this team next season, like I think you're in a very, very good spot. And maybe just he brings those qualities of what it's like winning a Stanley Cup. He wouldn't be my first option by any means. But if you're looking, like yesterday we spoke about how team needs to find a Matthias Janmark type, someone later on who's going to be a yeah. little bit cheaper. And if he's around, then maybe maybe that's an option. Maynard says, Taves is done. Why are we even talking about this? Parallax says he doesn't seem to want to play anymore. I don't know about that. I think that he might want to play. I, I, it's worth bringing up. This is a guy who would... He fits a Ken Holland mold, right? Same reason he went out and got Duncan Keith. He likes these guys. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think uh, I think if you're dismissing it this quickly, that's probably a bit of a mistake. And yeah, I, I think Taves is a guy who needs to be mentioned off the top. I'll let you go next, Liam. Give me a name outside the top 50 you want the Oilers to target. I'm actually surprised this guy wasn't on it. And I think it's a name I brought up around the deadline, but I wouldn't mind a Connor Sherry on this team. I feel like you'd get him on a cheapest deal, one of those middle six wingers. and. See, we kind of get 15 goals this season with uh, Washington. What played, they in their, played in their top line a lot. Two Stanley Cups, I think, Tuesday, yeah. maybe three. So it wouldn't be like a, a bad depth option. I think, what do you kind of think of that one? I, I say no to it just because I don't see I don't see a ton of upside there. Mm. I don't see Connor Sherry as a guy with 25 goal potential. Yeah, And I think if you're looking for someone to fill the Kyler Yamamoto spot, checking down and spending 1.5 mil on Sherry just gives you what Yamamoto gave you this last year. Sure, it's cheaper, but I think the Oilers need to be striving for improvement, not just for saving money in that spot. You know, if it was JVR at 1.5, I brought him up yesterday, or even yeah. two, then it's like, okay, at least there I see 25 goal potential. Mm-hmm. I don't see 25 goal potential with a guy like Connor Sherry. So I think I pass even if it was at like a discounted rate. I just, again, I don't see enough of a difference maker there uh, to want to go out and save a roster spot for Connor Sherry. Uh, the next name I have is Lars Eller. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that was another guy we brought up around the deadline, right? Yeah, a lot and he of went to Colorado, teams. didn't have like a great playoff run or anything, but vet, kills penalties, should be under $2 million. Like, I'm basically looking at Eller as like, okay, Buke's dad wanted money. He signed two by two somewhere. And now we're going to check down. We're going to try to find... Maybe not a second Nick Bukestad, because I don't know if Eller at his age necessarily has that upside, but someone who, again, kill penalties, reliable bottom six minutes is going to cost you $1.25 million. A centerman version of Matthias Janmark. Yeah, I think I think with these cheaper deals, you, the, these players need to be able to kill penalties, which maybe that doesn't help a guy like Connie Sherry or the guy next I'm going to talk about too. But yeah, like a Lars Eller, again, like you're trying to, you are trying to find guys who have experience of going on long cup runs. And yeah. Ella won it with Washington, right? He was on a Colorado team that had been there before. Like, I don't, I don't, was he on the Montreal team when they went or was that past his time? Uh, I think it was past his time. He yeah. Watched him by then. But I don't mind Ella. Like you said, it didn't go perfectly for him in Colorado, but I think he's a good depth option. Yep. And that's what the team needs. You need depth. We saw that in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's catch up on what the chat is saying because there's a few things that caught my eye in uh, the YouTube chat. Corb says, Broberg to Seattle for Susie. Susie's a UFA. You do not need to trade anything for him. You can sign him for free. Uh, <laughs> Loomis says, Taves would look worse than Kane did in Long Island, or sorry, in uh, in New York with the Rangers. I don't fully agree with that because you're not going to be asking Taves to play a top six role for you. Complimentary yeah. role. That's all you need from him. 
Uh, it's also a bit different because you're asking him, you're asking Kane to come in at the deadline and have an impact yeah. in like 20 games. You're asking Taves to come in in July and yeah. then form his way around the team. Naeem says Tyler wanted to, the Oilers to trade a first for Taves. I actually think the conversation was O'Reilly's going for a first. Taves won't cost you a first. Go get Taves if you want to get O'Reilly. Uh, yeah. And I think the, the value on Taves maybe lessened as the season went on, but. He's a guy in the deadline I would have liked to have on this team. But Buke said worked out. I'm trying to watch the Jays game while we do this and pissing me off. I got another name for you. All I'm right. Pissed off. What about a, a Ryan Donato? 14 goals this season. I think he had around 30. What's he shoot? Ish. Left or right? Lefty. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. We need right. Yeah, we need right. I'm thinking. Yep. Come on. <laughs> Someone floated Tarasenko in there. He's in the top 50, so it doesn't tie into this conversation. Maynard, I think, answered it wonderfully. Tarasenko's a big city guy. He's not coming to Alberta. I think oh, I agree with that. I got one guy. Yep. I said this one before, and I didn't even say his name. Nola Chari. Yeah, Tyler Mulek brought him up, and <laughs> oh, I was waiting because I know that's your boy. I like Achari. I think again, if he comes in cheaper than a Nick Bukes dad. He doesn't have the size Bukestad does. So that makes me a little bit like, oh, are the Oilers going to want that guy? Um, but can kill penalty. Centerman scored 14 goals last year. All of them came at even strength, I believe. So How was he with Toronto, actually, in the playoffs? I think he was okay. I'm trying to like think back. To Two the goals. So yeah. I mean, that's Derek Ryan. Is he faster, better Derek Ryan? Not long Derek Ryan, faster, faster better, better Derek Ryan. Maybe five Maybe. points in 23 games, four goals for them. Not bad. He's yeah. always been a guy that scores more goals. He had a 20 goal season once seven assists. I love those guys. Well, remember the Brandon Peary year when oh, they man. had like 15, 16 goals and oh, one man. assist or something crazy like that. I remember kind of, I, I remember bringing him up a few off seasons and being like, Hey, like interesting name. He knows how to play with skill. He scores a lot and he just, he never really panned out. He went to Vegas and 12 goals in 31 games one year. There it is. Did you see 2015? 22 goals, two assists. Fuck, that's so <laughs> sick. What a year. What a season. Next year, 11 goals, 13 assists. He bounced around a ton. Chicago, Florida, Anaheim Rangers, Golden Knights, back to Chicago for a game. Got to retire a Hawk. He's still in their organization, by the way. Um, all right. I think that, oh, Liam. I'm just going to say this name because I want to know how quickly you're going to say no. Out of the top 50. Okay. Could be a bargain. Milan Lucic. Well, <laughs> I'll say no. But hey. Good. He probably got good leadership. I would imagine he's really good around young guys. Yeah, the leadership here was awesome. <laughs> Nothing went wrong the first time around. Why not run it back? Yeah. I got another name for you. See how quickly you say no to this one. Bring back Drake Kajula. 28. Isn't James Hamblin just new Drake Kajula? <laughs> and, and James Hamlin is also new Tyler Benson. So Yeah, James Hamlin is also <laughs> new Tyler Benson. Uh, Drake Kajula played in Wilkesbury and Scranton. So maybe you, you saw Michael Scott and Jim Halpert this year more than the NHL sure. ice. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, there you go. There's our names outside of the top 50. Oh, D-Man, Nick Holden. If you're looking yeah. for someone, maybe he's even like a two-way deal guy. I'm not quite sure where his game's at, like to that extent. But like St. Albert boy, shout out. <laughs> Why not? Well, shout out Show Park boy, Mark Pissick. I don't think he was on the top 50 either. Yeah, Mark Pissick. We talked about yeah. him a little bit. The uh, Do you know what, though? To, on a serious note, on those two guys, like we spoke about 
throughout the playoffs, like yeah. for how valuable a Chris Russell was, because mm-hmm. he's like, I specialize penalty killer, he'll block shots, he has like a role, and that's the difference between him and a Broberg. Like, maybe one of those two guys could be could be those guys, yeah. right? You never know. All right, there you go. That's our short for giant offseason question uh, for the day. Bargain bin free agents the Oilers could target. Taves at the top of the list. Six or seven other names. Eller, Achari, guys like that. Fifth, uh, to quote Moneyball, 50 feet of crap. <laughs> I shouldn't be that mean to the guy, actually. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Luch. You don't deserve that. Anyways, uh, got to give some love to our friends at Sherwood Ford. June's coming up, the month of June. Liam, famously, that's your favorite month of the year. Yep. And Sherwood Ford <laughs> loves that month as well because throughout the month of June, they're going to be making donations to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation for every test drive taken by consumers and prospective shoppers. This initiative oh. encourages people to go check out the videos or vi- vehicles and it all goes to a good, good cause. I'm going to go every day and test drive the electric truck they have, the F-150 Lightning. I'm going to go every day and find a green Ford Focus in their parking lot and just relive my glory days of when I had a green Ford Focus. Very good. Very good. Uh, all right. Let's get to our Star Mechanical guest line for today. StarMechanical.ca, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I am so excited for this guy to make his show debut. It's daily face-off prospect analyst, Stephen Ellis. So many things I want to touch on, Stephen, including the Kyler Yamamoto jersey behind you. For people who don't know, not sure why they would, because it's your first time on the show, you have a great collection of jerseys. What's the story behind this Yamo one? So um, there's a place in Toronto called SVP Sports, and it's uh, like a discount jersey store. And I went in and bought a Patrick Maroon Oilers jersey. That was t- 15 bucks. I bought a Colin uh, White jersey for, I think, 20 bucks, And then I got this for $9. So it's a, like it's a legitimate Adidas authentic jersey. I have 80 jerseys, so I like to swap out which ones are there. Uh, you can also see, kind of see there's a red and green one at the bottom there. That's a Montreal Canadiens game-worn jersey. Robert Lang from uh, the 09 season when they wore a bunch of different jerseys for the 100th anniversary. And my, my favorite one I got is uh, Andre DeVoe game-worn Atlanta Thrashers jersey. Jersey from his one preseason game. I think it was his first and only shift before they cut him. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to say, and he never, so if you look up his like hockey DB, he doesn't have a single game played with them technically, yeah, right? Because his only one was in the preseason. Yeah. So I, I, it took me a long time to find any facts about it. So preseason stats <laughs> alone are just impossible to find. Also, by the way, you yeah. guys were talking about Milan Lucci. He's playing great on the top line of Canada, the world championship. Oh yeah. You're dialed into the world championships. How did Kazakhstan look? Not very good. Uh, I've got both games <laughs> going on right now. Latvia is beating Sweden. Uh, which could be a major upset. And then Canada's playing uh, Finland and they're winning one nothing. Kazakhstan came like, I don't know, third or fourth last. Ah, third or fourth last? Who was Great Britain? Hey, we're not there yet. No. Oh, you're not there. <laughs> no, it's, who was, who, who was, uh, no, Great, yeah, Great Britain's going up next year. It was uh, Slovenia and Hungary are going down. All right. Uh, well, let's dig into the draft talk. Yes. Are we, yeah, we're, we're through the nonsense. We're going to zero in on the draft talk. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, we're good. Uh, <laughs> let's zero in on the draft here. Everyone knows Connor Bedard's going one. We kind of assume Adam Fantilli's going number two. My question, where does the drama start for you in this draft, Steven? Which pick are you going to be sitting and holding your breath for first? Definitely number three. Uh, and it all really depends on what's going to go happen with uh, Matthew Mitchkoff. And, you know, I think, you know, I was in Switzerland for the under 18s and talking to people out there. I was like, what's the deal? And every team that I talked to seemed to have completely different information on the player. It's, it's almost as if the teams are trying to psych each other out as to like, oh, the, the Mitchoff did this. Like, you shouldn't draft him. Oh, okay. And then the other team will be like, oh, well, he did this. It's like, there's so much uncertainty going on there. And he's got that long-term contract that's obviously a concern. And, you know, a lot of question marks if he'll even come over afterwards. And to me, it's just like... If let's say he falls from third and let's say Columbus doesn't pick him and then Mitchkov comes and he ends up becoming this superstar player, uh, you know, it's going to look really stupid on everybody um, that didn't pick him. Uh, to me, I think, you know, there's a good argument to say he's the second most skilled player in this draft behind Bedard. Um, so for me, that's just the big question. Where does he go? And then now it's like Leo Carlson has been kind of seen as the number three if you take Mitchkoff out of the equation, but what about Will Smith, U.S. National Development Team player, over 100 points, one of the first guys to ever do that, uh, just absolutely incredible player. Does he go to number three? So that num- that pick for Columbus, you know, I feel bad for them. They felt very confident they were to get that first pick, um, but for them, you know, there's there's opportunities there to to still get a good player. Do you think there's any chance Leo Carlson actually goes two over a Fantilli? It feels like he's a name that just continuously keeps growing and he seems like every time someone talks about him he's better than he was the last time they saw him well it looks like he just set up a goal actually um carlson for sweden so <laughs> so perfect timing to be asking that timothy logan yes. just got it for the for the for sweden uh but no you know for for me i still think just the, what fantelli was able to do it, you know there's definitely a lot of recency bias like you look at um fantelli like he had one of the best college seasons of all time then he goes to the world championship isn't getting a ton of points and i think people are kind of forgetting about him but for for leo carlson you know i still think that you know, very good player. Number three, a guy that could, you know, bring size, play all roles. He's playing the wing right now, but he's playing center earlier in the tournament. Uh, I'm liking kind of how he's playing. He's looking confident right now playing with Lucas Raymond. But, uh, you know, for me, I still think it's, uh, it's gotta be Fantilli number two. There's like, he's a number one, most other draft years. The Oilers won't be picking until the second round and the darts. I kind of want to see them throw are on skilled wingers. I just think that's the spot where like, you can get someone, elevate them, you know, not quickly, but maybe a little bit faster than another position, and they could make an impact next to a McDavid or Dry Uh, when the Oilers step up in the second round, what do they pick in? Like 56, 56? I think it is. 
at 56, any like skilled wingers that you really like in that range or anyone that in general, maybe you think has a chance of being a bit of a hidden gem late in the second round? The one I'd be looking at is, is Jaden Perron, uh, the Chicago Steel player, uh, one of the smaller guys in the draft, 5'8", uh, but he's just so smart. One of the best playmakers in the draft. Uh, you know, like I asked someone to compare him to a, another player, and they're like, no, we'll just compare him to Jimmy Neutron. Like, just a guy, like a genius <laughs> in the way he plays the puck. I'm like, all right, this is my one of my favorite scouts because he compares, like, speedy prospects to, like, different F1 cars. Um, so that's always fun, but with, with him, it's just, you know, just, he's again, just so smart, great playmaker. He was getting to play with some talented players, including Macklin Celebrini, who is the top prospect for next year. So he know he can play with quality guys. Um, but the one I would be looking at there too, is how, how would you be willing if the Oilers took a, a decent goalie? I, I just feel like you Skinner's going to be your guy mm. for the next handful of years. You got Rodrigue playing behind him. Fanti. They got the other guy last year too. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't think you can never have too many goalies in the system. Like, who, who are you thinking? I'm thinking Adam Gayon, the goalie from Slovakia at the summer or the winter uh, world juniors. And, you know, he's a guy that some scouts think could be a first round pick. I disagree. Oh. But if he's around there, that 56 pick, it's like he's got, he's six foot, three i think he's big he's just got so much momentum he's uh you know improved his play so much that you know the sky's the limit for him that he could be just this huge boom goaltender for them in the draft so i would say you know if he's available he'd be someone i think the team definitely has to look at you know again you can't go wrong with with uh, having too many goalies what if Stuart skinner turns into playoff Stuart skinner again next year like all year long and then you still got jack campbell not really being the answer and you don't know what you're doing so it doesn't hurt to have a guy like that in the system long term uh, don't say stuff like that. Anyways, what do you have next? There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a defenseman I like kind of, and I think he's around the range. You others could be picking Like, What do you think of a guy like Caden Price? He seems like someone since the Halinka has just really risen his stock too, and but no one really talks about him as much. Do you think he's someone in that range you others could take? I, you know, yes, I do. I think he's going to be kind of like a late second round pick there. You know, I, I liked him at the um, under 18s. Uh, I thought he was a very good playmaker, one of the better puck movers down the ice, very mobile. Um, you know, depends on kind of like, I, I feel like he he's almost better when he doesn't play a ton in a game, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. uh, like he was a, a big minute muncher for Kelowna, but I felt some of his best hockey was with Canada where he was like, you know, sometimes playing 14, 15 minutes a night. So uh, I think that he's a guy that, you know, I sometimes question his defensive play, which, you know, was never a good thing for a defenseman. And that's becoming kind of a, a theme with this year's draft with the blue liners. It's you're going to get a lot of skill, but not a lot of guys who are actually really good in their own zone with price. I feel like, you know, the ceiling is not super high, but could maybe be a decent second, third parent defenseman. So yeah, I'd say that's a guy that they could definitely target for there. Anyone else? You want to ask him I, I, everyone to be honest, well, but <laughs> I, so the, this guy isn't going to fall to the oil list, but I love Zach Benson and I believe you also love Zach Benson. Like, what do you think of him? And like, where do you think you could go? It feels like you could even go as high as five, I think. I, I feel like there's some belief that he could fall a little bit. Um, I, I was thinking number five for a while, just the way Will Smith kind of finished his season. I'm like, I have a hard time putting him there. Um, but, you know, he's just you know, so skilled, so competitive, definitely not fall into number 56. That's for sure. Um, but you know, he just, he's a guy that will like, will become a fan favorite just the way he works and the way he'll always fight mm -hmm. for pucks. And, you know, there are points when he's not scoring where he's maybe not great defensively. Um, you know, 
maybe not the the highest speed skater I've ever seen, but I think there's just then he's got enough of that skill, enough of those smarts, and enough of the competitiveness that he's someone where if he was taking a fifth, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a surprise for the Montreal Canadiens. I'd say, yeah, you know, that actually kind of makes sense. You have an article out about overage prospects right now on uh, dailyfaceoff.com. Maybe take me through a couple of guys who are your favorites who might be around maybe later in the draft. Yeah. So, you know, with, with this year, you know, kind of the thing about this year's overagers is just because of all the COVID um, like shutdowns a couple of years ago that really yeah. kind of hurt. Um Though some of those players' status, there's an opportunity here to get some good guys. And one I'm looking at is Kosha Delich from Sudbury, a guy that I watched a lot at the U16 level and thought this guy, you know, a lot of skill. Let's just see if he can uh, be that. You know, he's got a lot of energy. Is he going to be a high end scorer? I don't think so. Um, but I think that he's someone where you could burn him in a bottom six. He'll fight for every play. He'll be kind of like a, I don't know, more like a. Ryan McLeod, I guess, if you want to give okay. somewhat of a comparison. And Ryan McLeod's a guy that actually I used to work for the Oakville Blades Junior A team, and I got to see his first Junior A game when he played for the team, and that was really cool. Him and Evan Bouchard were were teammates in that game. That was awesome. Um, Thomas Milich, again, going back to the goalie, will uh, well there. Uh, I thought he was outstanding at the World Juniors. Uh, he only lost three games in regulation, three games in the playoffs um, for the Seattle um, uh, WHL team, and they're going to be playing for the Memorial Cup. So he'll be someone to watch uh, and Thomas Suhanek, another goalie. Um, he was a Czech goalie in the World Juniors. Uh, we saw what he was able to do, really kind of save that team, and he gave that team a fighting chance in the summer tournament. His his stats don't look great, but you got to look at the context of like the Czechs were just not a good team, and he was able to go out there and steal the show against the Americans and move in to the Final Four. Um, and then uh, another guy that it doesn't seem like. NHL Central Scouting is a huge fan of him, but I know a lot of people have told me privately they think he's a good player. Is uh, Bo uh, Gelsma from uh, the Barry Colts, and you know, just such an energetic forward. Like he he plays like a the perfect fourth line energy guy, but he's on the first line and he gets all that ice time and he scores those goals. I love to see things like that. He's just five foot nine, so that's the concern. So uh, I don't think there's like a huge like really big impact overage player this year, but the depth of it is pretty solid at every position. There you go. I, you I got, got two, but I'll more? put it in. I'll wrap yeah, it into one. Mind. Let's go. I guess the first one, first part of it is who's one player in this draft do you, you think not enough people are talking about? And I guess also just what's the overall thoughts on this draft? Like what, what does everyone think about it going into it? Uh, so to kind of go for that, I don't think it's an elite draft. I think, you know, the high end is a super high end, but the fact there's no real number one goalie and, and, you know, the defense is not as great. It's, there's no standout defenseman. Uh, it definitely like nobody good from the QMJHL. Um, this is not an elite draft, but a very good first round for sure. Uh, one guy I think that is going to end up becoming one of the biggest steals of the draft is, uh, Oscar Fisker Molgaard, uh, a Danish player playing in Sweden. And, you know, he's someone I think could go late in that first round. He's got the speed, the skill, uh, so competitive. And we've seen him in Denmark at the World Championship. Didn't put up any points, but he was creating chances. He was always buzzing, always fighting for those pucks. So he's someone where I would say there's a very good chance that in five years, we're talking about Molgard maybe being in the top five best players in this draft. Um, but he might not even be a first-round pick just because he didn't put up a ton of points this year. But the, just the raw skill is definitely there. Interesting. Interesting stuff, as always, Mr. Ellis. Before we let you go, we have a bit on this show uh, where we fire up the trade machine. Mm -hmm. Brought to you by AMA Travel. Head to amatravel.ca slash dreams to find out how they can make your summer vacation a dream. And we gave Stephen Ellis the keys 
to the trade machine today. What did you cook up for us, Mr. Ellis? Well, I was looking at it, and after reading Matt Larkin's article for Daily Faceoff today about the Hurricanes going out there needing some scoring help, uh, my idea was uh, getting DeBrincat from Ottawa uh, for a first rounder, second rounder, and Ryan Suzuki. And, uh, you know, I don't know from a salary cap perspective how easy that would be to do that. But from a player's perspective, you know, Ottawa continues to get those picks they need. Uh, Suzuki going out there and getting a nice, you know, new home, see what he's able to do. Uh, and then for DeBrincat, he's that goal scorer that the Hurricanes were really missing, especially with Pacioretty out of the lineup. So, uh, you know, I think the Hurricanes are just getting started. They got a few more good competitive years and getting a guy like DeBrincat, who the Senators might not be able to afford if, if they can make it work from a cap perspective i say yeah do it yeah i think that's actually a really interesting one i'm having a hard time deciding who would say no to that because for ottawa like you gave up a first a second and a third to get to bring cat you're gonna get a first a second and a good prospect back mm. that's like actually not the worst return on investment either give you some picks to maybe shop around and improve your team elsewhere or get some more prospects in your system and if you're carolina i mean one you have a first, a second, and a third this year. Next year, you have a first, two seconds, and a third, which is why I threw some years onto those picks as well to give a bit of context. They're like, they have an extra second rounder in 2024 they could dangle, and you have 20-some million dollars in cap space. You could easily afford Alex to bring it. Liam, who says no? No one. The trade goes through. Trade complete. There you go. Stephen <laughs> Ellis, you're one for one on the trade machine. Uh, thanks for hopping on today. We'll have to do this again because there was a bunch of questions in the chat we just didn't have time to get to. Sure. No problem. Yeah, there, there you go. Steven Ellis, draft analyst for dailyfaceoff.com, all around hockey machine wizard. He's a smart guy. You, you threw a couple of like, you know, all the names you throw him his way and he just crushes them out. It's like Vladdy facing the player, uh, the position player pitching. He just crushes them out of the park. I probably could have gone all day. I had a lot I of know. questions yeah. I wanted to ask, <laughs> but it was still uh, like a month or so away. So I'm sure we'll get Steven on again at some point. Yeah. And We'll get a better idea of what the others are even thinking at mm-hmm. 56. So far. So far. <laughs> so far. I'm going to be in Nashville uh, for the draft doing some exciting stuff. And yeah, sitting there in that room the whole first day, no Oilers to talk about will uh, certainly be a weird one. But Connor Bedard expected to go number one. Mm. People in the chat were like, do you think there's a chance he refuses to wear the Hawks jersey? No way. No. Zero percent chance. I don't think so. Yeah. I think he'll, uh, I think there's a very good chance that he is 100% a struggle back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we got to do our player grades today for Star mm-hmm. Mechanical. You need 24-7 emergency service. Boom, give them a call. 780-481-8873 is how you can get a hold of them. Two grades today because there's two players we need to hit on. First up, Liam, we couldn't skip them even though I kind of wanted to, but you talked me out of it. <laughs> a player grade for Devin Shore. Yes. Uh, 47 games this year, scored a goal, eight assists, nine points, plus six. Great stuff, Devin Shore. Pictured here in number 14. We're mm. grading him as if he's number 19 because that's when the real Devin Shore showed up. I gave him <laughs> really? a C plus in the regular season. Uh, for the playoffs, he didn't play, but he was good <laughs> in the room. So I gave him a D. And uh, chance of returning 25%. Caveat, if he's willing to take a two-way deal and play in Bakersfield, it's higher than this. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised you even gave him a grade for the playoffs. You must have that's really seen. Yep. Great in the room. Great pregame skate guy. Yeah. He brings everything you need for a guy that never plays. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, it's so hard to grade this guy because I know he played 47 games, but what is he playing? Like, his combined minutes must have been like maybe 100 this season, right? Like, he would get like six, seven. I bet you he was at like four. Let's, you know what? Let's, let's look. Let's figure it out. You can do this. How, what's your guess? My guess, I'm going to say he played. 47. I'm going to say he played 340 all strength minutes. I'll go 362. 
362. I, you're going to have to give me a second here to look it up. What did I say? 347, I think. And you said 362? Yeah. Dun, 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 waiting for natural statric to load. 310? 310. How did you That's get what it is? Last? I have him at four. Oh, your guess is 310. We were all under 421 all-purpose minutes for for our pal Devin Shore. So there you go. Good on him. Um, Anyways. I'd I'd give him a C and an NA for playoffs. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, So that was riveting, obviously. So we did another (laughs) player grade. And uh, let's talk about Clem Shady. Why not? Shows up in a preseason deal, plays 57 games for the Oilers, pops home 11 in goals, has a couple of monster goals in the playoffs. You had the big winner in that series against LA and then the big game six as well, where he pops home a few. This guy came in, gave the Oilers toughness, gave him grit, gave him a bottom six guy who brought some swagger and physicality to this team. They needed it. Good skilled bottom six guys who aren't afraid to shed the mitts, endearing to the fan base. Got him for Samurakov, which now feels like you basically got him for free, if I'm being honest. Regular season, A-. minus. Just because there were a little bit of inconsistencies there, I will say some of that was just because they didn't play him a ton. I would have loved Mm -hmm. to see him get eight games next to McDavid and say, just get comfortable, see what he can do. So it's not entirely his fault. His grade is an A-, minus, but he was still awesome. And in the playoffs, if a guy who you're playing six to eight minutes a game can have two memorable games out of the 12 you played, that's an A for me as well. He's he's the kind of player you need if you're going to go win a Stanley Cup, right? And the other just needed more in front of Clint Costin. Yeah. He was playing like maybe five minutes a night in some games. But yeah, I think it was a very fair, fair assessment of him in the regular season. Like you said, there was some inconsistencies, but there was points where the others played him in the top six and gave him the opportunity to go and do it because he made that an option for them. So for a guy yeah, that came up halfway through the year because of injuries, yep. like I think it was a very fair. And yeah, I think his playoffs were, was he probably. I think it's fair to say he's probably the oldest fourth best forward in the playoffs. You could maybe even say third. Right yeah, side I on mean, McDavid, Clem Shady. It's like arguing which tire on your car is the flattest, right? <laughs> like he was good. I'm not saying he was, but like if we're if we're sitting here being like, oh damn, Clem Costin, third yeah. best player in the playoffs. That's more of an indictment on other guys. And that's true. It's probably not a good thing. A guy who played like five minutes, but yeah, I like it. I hope that chance of returning turns into a hundred percent. Obviously, got to get a contract done, but he is a restricted free agent. Yeah, so he's an RFA with ARB rights. I don't think his ARB case is particularly good. I think his ARB case probably comes in at like 1.4, 1.5. Those are going to qualify him in all likelihood. I I just, two years, 1.3 per. If you're Clem Costin, why would you not take that? Play here. You know this organization will keep you in the NHL. They like you here. You fit in, like the city. Take a two-year deal. Try to really get things moving in a good direction. And then in two years, see where you're at. Maybe you can get a bigger deal. Clem, we love you. We do. Please come back to Edmonton next season and help us win a Stanley Cup. Please, yes. You are you are him. Clem is him. Clem is him. Or Clem is him. Clem is him. Tyler Mulek, Yamamoto for Jeff Carter, one for one, who says no. Jeff Carter last year playing with the Penguins, one. They're about the same cap hit. Mm-hmm. Jeff Carter could be a centerman for you, so that's interesting. Scored 13 goals, 16 assists last season with the Penguins. I I, I don't know. I, I'm really torn on that. I'm trying to see. Does he, oh, he's got a no-move clause. There's no way. No, nah, I don't see Jeff Carter leaving the Penguins. Crosby will have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. 
All right, uh, let's wrap up the show by taking a look at the Betway other sport report. What are we calling it? I forget what we call it. Out of town scope. No, that's that's anime. No, whatever. Anyway, shout out to Betway. Uh, Are you betting (laughs) on the stars keeping their season alive tonight? Uh, Well, they won't have the goon Jamie Ben on the ice, so that might help them a little bit. Is Jake Ottinger going to show up? I'm going to say no. I think we got two sweeps on our hands. I know last time I said this would go back to Vegas tied at two, but... I, Dallas lost my trust. Yeah, Dallas, you're, you're not in my heart anymore. And I unfortunately have to pick Vegas to then lose to Florida in four in the yeah. final. I'm also taking Vegas. They're underdogs tonight on Betway. Are they really? It makes no sense. Uh, I can't bet on them, though. I just don't have it in me. I know. I hate them. I'm going to be rooting for Florida so hard. I, uh, I'm betting on the Celtics to win tonight, though. They play Miami. You think they're going to keep it alive? Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll probably go six. I'm betting on the first quarter over. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that's a big Hell thing yeah. for you. <laughs> that's my thing. I don't have any data behind it, but I love it. It's electric. <laughs> uh, also, the Blue Jays. Oh no! Someone in the chat said they PVR'd it. So they don't want me to ruin it. What is the? I gotta find. I don't know. The spread's so big. Like the fact the spread is eight and a half in this Celtics series is. There's tremendous disrespect. If I wasn't a Celtics fan, I'd be putting everything on Miami. Yeah. I but Miami wanna... is plus 260 to win the game. I'm, yeah, I'm betting on Miami. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. Tyler, plus Mule- Tyler Mulek says Butler puts it away. Lance says, rest in peace, Liam's wallet. <laughs> yeah. Farewell. It's already, it was one a long time ago. Yeah. And the others got eliminated in six. <laughs> All righty. A uh, big shout out to Star Mechanical, Sherwood Ford, the giant sports closet, as always, from the sports closet studio, AMA Travel. Shout out to Stephen Ellis for hopping in as well. I feel like our the amount of nonsense we can get into with Stephen Ellis, if he's a bit more of a regular, is he could be a very good part of this show. He's got a lot of stories, it seems like. I, it's the first time I've ever spoken to him, but the, the Jersey tale is something. Is something. I wish yeah. I knew what that store. I wish I had that store in Edmonton. But you would just end up with so many jerseys you don't need. I know. I'm like, I already have my, so many I don't need. Dude, that was my thing when I worked at Jersey City. Is just like when you're sitting in the store for as long as I would, eventually every jersey becomes appetizing to you. And then you have your discount. Things go on sale. You know when they're going on sale. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. What is the one jersey you have that is stupid? I once paid like 80 bucks for a James Neal Golden Knights jersey. And like, it's a cool jersey, but I don't want it. I have a um, Jonas Jaboyko jersey. Do you know who that is? No. He is the only Swedish player to ever play in the NBA. And he really? played for Boston. And I got his jersey and he would play like three minutes a night. But I thought it was hilarious. And I just had this. I would always play him in 2K. And my buddies bought me the jersey. Is it a real one or a knockoff? It is a real. Oh, got it, from, it cost him a decent amount of money from the NBA yeah. store. And they had to be custom because they mm-hmm. don't. Make Jonas to boycott jerseys. And one day when we have this conversation yeah. 10 years down the line, you'll talk about your Devin Shore jersey. <laughs> one, yeah, one day. One day. One day. Uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in. Uh, hit the like button before you go. We had a like goal today and we forgot to talk about it. 103. I don't think that many people even watched. Let's get those numbers up. Hit the like <laughs> button. Hit the subscribe button before you go. Frank Saravalli and the return of Jay, I believe, tomorrow. Yes, I spoke to Jay prior to the show, and he said he'd likely be on tomorrow. So Frank and Jay, we're going to have a good time on a Friday edition of Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet studio. Enjoy your Thursday night. We'll see you tomorrow.